Hello, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome to the second episode of the second year of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Today we're going to be joined by John Cheney, uh, the head brewer from Arizona Wilderness. And uh, we'll get to him in a few seconds. But Steve, uh, you know what? If, uh, if the playoffs were held today, mm-hmm. I was looking at it earlier, it would be the Mariners and the Twins, our two teams, uh, Tampa Bay, and then Baltimore and Texas would be in the wild card, and that's the American League. And it would be the Dodgers, the the Brewers, and the Phillies, and then the Mets and the and the Padres would be in the wild card in the National League. That's quite a start to the year. So there's a little more semblance to reality in the National League. <laughs> the right National League, yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you look at the worst teams in the American League, of course, it's the last year's World Series champions, the Boston Red Sox, and uh, if things are kind of topsy turvy. Uh, you know, if, you, if you've been around this game long enough, you're going to see everything. Right. And I, before the season started, actually thought pitching and defense had a little bit to do <laughs> with the winning baseball. Yep. The Mariners have done none of that, uh, but still find themselves 7-1. and one. So uh, That's a heck of a lot better spot than being 1-7, and seven, right? So. That's true. That's true. But it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun to watch. And, uh, uh, you know, speaking of fun, I, you know, uh, we've got John on. And, John, uh, welcome to our podcast. But how about the uh, the game uh, Zach Grinke had a couple of nights ago with uh, two home runs in, in a game as a pitcher? That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was pretty good. I was watching the whole thing. I missed the second home run because I was folding laundry, and I just figured, oh, I heard he was <laughs> off the bat. And I'm like, oh, there's no chance I'll do it again. <laughs> and then I just hear people screaming on the TV, and I was just like, oh, yeah. okay. Of course he did. So Zach I – I watched a little bit games. of I watched a little bit of that on Sports Center, and he had a great. Did you watch the uh, post uh, game interview, John? I he, did not see that. He had a great quote, and I I know that Zach uh, Grinky has had kind of some. Uh, he he's kind of an introvert. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like he's to talk very to anybody. Much so, yeah. And evidently, after the second home run, his teammates gave him the silent treatment, <laughs> and they yeah, asked was that him the first the first home run. He, oh, yeah, was that yeah, the first good. one? But they the asked one, him yeah. about it after the game, and he says, gosh, the first time since I've been in Arizona that I wanted to actually talk to my teammates. And they, <laughs> <laughs> they're giving me the silent treatment. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the second home run, they all just were shaking his hand. <laughs> well, having so. grown, up, grown up watching the Twins when he was uh, really starting off with the Royals, I'm glad he's in the National League now yeah. as a yeah. Twins fan. So. I am too. Well, John, uh, you know Arizona Wilderness. You guys are uh, you guys are what about six, seven years old now, and uh, things are going really well for you, from what I understand. Wilderness. Yeah, it's it's going good. I mean, we yeah we've been open since 2013. Uh, just doing a lot of like nature inspired beers, a lot of fruit, just all locally grown. We just got a big old warehouse across the street full of fooders and barrels, and just having lots of fun with it. Oh, you've uh, shipped up to us uh, shades of citrus, and it's a really good beer. It's got our uh, it's got our Sabro hops in this. Tell us a little bit about this one and uh, some of the beers you're making, John. Yeah, this is actually a collab with uh, Phil from Almanac. They're a head brewer out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice little just citrus lager, just like I said with the fruit. It's all citrus, locally grown. It's great. Just fermented with our house check lager. Sabro come through nice. It's like tropical coconut it's got a nice little uh flavor to it being somewhat of a purist john i i don't normally like fruit in my beer um i contend we can make the same flavors with hops but i'm not always right and i have to say (laughs) 
this beer is is amazing. I mean, this is something I would love to be sitting down consuming two or three uh, during a, a hot Arizona summer. Because this is a, a very refreshing beer. Uh, yeah, see, I mean, that's what we do with the. I mean, we don't want to like overdo it with the fruit. We mm-hmm. want to kind of just make everything. We want we want to have a nice balance. So sure. you know, all the like tropical notes from the hops mixing well with the fruity uh, flavors of the juices. It's, it really works. And a nice, just easy drinking lager. It, it is. Well, you got to have a fair amount of lager if you're going to be in Arizona for an extended period of time, right? So that's a necessity. But one thing I, <laughs> what I, one thing I am very impressed with, uh, John, is your guys, your and your organization are really focused on that farm to table, uh, part of, uh, of the community and, and trying to source as much as you can locally. And, uh, you know, whether that's the, the fruit you're putting in or your, your, the food in your restaurant and, Tell us a little bit about that because I think it's really part of a bigger trend that's been happening uh, in, a, in the case of a number of, uh, of, of you know, uh, independent breweries throughout the country. Yeah, I mean, we do farm to table in beer and our food. Um, our restaurant's great. We source a lot of just local beef uh, from a farmer up north. We, get, we send our spent grain to the farmer we get our local pork from um, that, for the actual restaurant. Uh, so everything kind of just goes full circle around here. Um, it's pretty great. Um, we source our main base malt for all our beers. Uh, that's all locally grown. Also up north, it's called Sanagua Malt. It's all uh, basically right off the Verde River. It's sustainable for them and us, and it works out uh, really well. Yeah, I think like I said it's a big trend, and uh, I don't know if you saw, but Steve, uh, but the Brewers Association put out their sort of their 2018 uh, data recap here last week, and. Uh, Overall, they said craft beer volume, by their definition, uh, was up 4% in 2018 mm-hmm. over 2017, so a nice increase, and revenue is up 7%, so that's good to see that, uh, you know, in particular with some of these rising costs, you know, in aluminum and other things, that people are able to um, pass a little bit of that on and, and recover that, but a 4% growth rate, and, you know, for us, as we've said, it's not just beer volume, it's the amount of hops going into the beers, and we still see good signs that the the hopping rates are steadily rising in part because IPAs and, and, and more hop forward beers are, are really popular. But I, I, I believe strongly, and they talked a little bit about that in their reports, that uh, it's really um, building up that community um, relationship and being part of the community, what Arizona Wilderness is doing and a number of other breweries are doing, where it's not just about the beer, it's not just about a bar, it's really saying, we want to be part of that community, and it's pretty exciting to see that that is still spreading. And we're now over 7,000 breweries in the United States, uh, which is just remarkable. I think it was 7,400 or something like that. And yeah, it seem to be slowing down. It's my goal to make it to every one of them, so i <laughs> I, I got to pick up the pace here a little bit. But uh, know that uh, uh, it, the growth is a little bit less maybe than what it's been averaging over the past 10 or 12 years, but... What industry wouldn't uh, snatch on to four percent growth? That's yeah. amazing, and and I agree. It's really a testimony to the work that uh, you guys are doing, John and others. Uh, craft brew lovers love to come in and hear the story behind the beer, and you guys have got a great one. Yeah, I mean, it's not just about the beer; it's about the story. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's important to us. Yeah, have you been up, uh, John, to uh, to the Yakima Valley during harvest, or or even before harvest? Have you been up and seen the hops? I mean, I'd like to. I've been up in the Colorado region, 
um, during hop harvest and all that stuff. But yeah, never Yakima. Well, you got to get up here. It's a pretty special place, and around here too, it's the same thing. The uh, the local craft breweries, uh, you know, within say 20 miles of us, and there's now a, a, quite a few of them, are all really very actively engaged in the community. They hold fundraisers. They participate in community events. They invite people to come in from the outside and use their facilities if they've got meetings or whatnot. And it, you know, and obviously the same thing happens with our uh, with our growers. They've got room uh, to invite people to come in during the the, the, the growing season and see what's going on and uh, really become engaged with uh, the hop side of uh, the beer industry. If you yeah, come up, inside, so <laughs> yep. If you come up, John, we promise we will order some March Arizona weather for you. <laughs> we'll have some mid-80s. Oh, that, that sounds and, worth it. Yeah. Well, Steve, uh, you know, uh, we're now kind of into the second, third week here. And what I've heard from we had, in fact, growers coming around uh, fast and furious out in the fields um, and getting those roots dug up and planted. What are, what are you hearing? Yeah, we had a wonderful opportunity actually on Tuesday to be out in the field. We had a, a guest in town, uh, Ruby Benoit, who's writing a book on sustainability and, and uh, had the opportunity to get her out. She wanted to see some some hop farms. And uh, so that was my first opportunity to get out uh, since the weather's broke and the smoke, snow's melted. And a uh, little bit of concern out there. The uh, roots that are being dug towards the tail end of the season uh, are quite advanced, uh, mainly because growers weren't able to get onto the fields because of the snow. And uh, I think there's some concern with that, uh, that eye or that node being out an inch or so that there may be some some damage done in the planting. And, so, well, uh, yeah, what do you mean by when you say it's advanced mm. and what's the impact of having the nodes popping out? Yeah, it's uh, ideally you want to dig that root when it's completely dormant. Mm-hmm. And because the snow was on the ground, the growers weren't able. They were just getting on the fields about the middle of February when the, the uh, unexpected snow five, six weeks of snow started. And... Uh, so there's a little bit of a concern there. Uh, I think most of the guys will get their uh, plantings in. Um, we're still seeing uh, virtually a zero net increase on acreage, but there's a lot of switching going on right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Our group is getting more citra in the ground and backing off of Cascades uh, a little bit and Chinook a little bit just because of the demand situation. But... Uh, it's, it's going to be race against time now to get those out and planted uh, in a way that uh, growers, uh, especially in, in Idaho and Washington, can expect uh, um, 80 to 85% of that full crop in that baby year. Mm-hmm. In Oregon, what's going on there? Yeah, there's uh, kind of the opposite situation down there. Pete Venegas was down there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is the first time I've heard this out of Oregon. They were actually concerned about the weather being too dry hmm. and dusty. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually they're dodging rainstorms to get out in the fields and get the work done. They're actually a little bit ahead of Washington mm-hmm. and or, uh, Idaho at this point. So I, I see uh, what could be a, a, a good crop uh, brewing, but uh, we've got a long ways to go. It's just like, like baseball. It's like the baseball yep. season. There's a long way to go. But, John, how often do you get out to uh, watch the Diamondbacks uh, in person? Uh, to be honest, I don't actually watch too many uh, games in person. I I like watching the game too much, and I can't afford good seats. So <laughs> I'm more of a, a just-watch-every-game-on-TV and just right. have the best seat-in-the-house kind of guy. 
Well, uh, you lost uh, Paul Goldschmidt this year, but it looks like uh, Christian Wells might be off to a good start, taking his place at least a, a little bit, right? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, we lost Goldschmidt and Pollock. Uh, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, our two best hitters, and one of them happens to be a huge trader and went to the Dodgers, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it looks pretty bad first four games against the Dodgers. We got beat up pretty hard, but then we came back against the Padres. I mean, we've – I mean, we get we've been getting runs in. It's that's not has been an issue at all. So, and, and uh, you have, our, our pitching needs a little bit of help right now. I think. And you have the slumping Boston Red Sox come in into town. Yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's our actually they, our uh, our opening day here. Yeah, they might be a little angry after their start. I'm guessing. Yeah, losing yeah. that many. Yeah, right off the get go to yeah to the Mariners and yeah, not good. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, if we get one win out of that, I'm, I'll be happy. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I, I mean, was it's, saying it's, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's it, like you guys said, it's a long season. You know, it's the start of the season. You never know what's going to happen with the team, how they're going to turn out. Um, players get hurt. You know, things happen. One thing I enjoy about the Diamondbacks this year is they look like the Seattle Mariners South. I mm. mean, you've got Adam Jones uh, came uh-huh. up through the Mariners system, and uh, he's off to a great start out there in right field. And then you've got uh, Cattell Marte, who, uh, uh, which, by the way, thank you very much for Mitch Hanniger uh, <laughs> in that trade. Uh, and, and then uh, even your manager, uh, <clears throat> Tori Lavulo, uh, yeah. he spent a year with the uh, Mariners back in, I think, 94, huh. kind of a utility oh, in, infielder for us. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> Jared Dyson, uh, kind of your utility guy, uh, yeah. had, had a short stint with the Mariners a couple of years ago I as did, well. I, did, I knew the Royals. <clears throat> I didn't know the Mariners, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's for the Royals for a long time. Yeah, he's a guy now. And then he's, what's, he's what's, going on, what's going on with uh, Taiwan Walker? You know, big kid had a lot of promise coming up through the Mariner organization, kind of a fastball slider type. Uh, he's uh, um, had some flashes of brill- brilliance down there, but he he's on the injured list right now, right? Yeah, he's not playing right now. I'm not too sure what's going on with him, but, yeah, he's definitely one of those hit-or-miss kind of guys. Hopefully yeah. he'll uh, have a nice season for us. I don't know exactly when he comes back, but I mean, we can definitely use some, some, some help with the pitching. Yeah. You got one of sure. my old favorite players from the Twins, Eduardo Escobar. Although he's off to a rough start, it looks like. But uh, I like him as a player. He's off to a rough start right now. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. But yeah, he's. But I, it's also the beginning of the season. You know, yeah. that's yeah. that's gonna. I'd rather have him slump. So we'll we'll see what happens with him. I mean, I I feel pretty good about the team, especially not having Goldschmidt or Pollock. You know, we're it's it's not what I thought it was gonna be so far. Yeah. Well, John, maybe come back to brewing and beer. How, how did you get started uh, as a brewer? What was how was your how did you progress through that uh, your career? Uh, well, basically, my career's pretty much started here, like two and a half years ago. I actually started off just working as a busser, um, one of those guys who just kind of just worked their way into the brewery, and just so happened that it just worked out where I got on the brew deck. So nice. Had yeah, you done so had, had you done some home brewing before that? Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I'm 30 years old now, so it's, I don't brew for years. I got, I was a huge beer nerd back when I was in my early 20s, and, you know, I think that's like most brewers nowadays, they just grew up home brewing and, you know, eventually just wanted to make a, a career doing it, mm-hmm. and, you know, and here I am. And are you from that uh, Phoenix-Gilbert area, or, or you grew up someplace I am, yeah. else? 
Born and raised, yeah, Chandler, Arizona. Okay, nice. It's right down the street. I gotta ask, you know, Steve, are you 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 spend time in Arizona? Are you by chance a a Mark Trail comics fan? You know the old comic Mark Trail, T, uh, you know, cartoons on the newspaper. I recognize the name. I can't say I was a fan. <laughs> so he was always <clears throat> in the Minneapolis paper. Anywhere the current okay. series has him in the Sonoran Desert, just south of uh, Phoenix. So he's out looking for a gold mine. So. Okay, well that's a good place to find one. I can tell you that much. Yeah, hard to find. Yeah. But Steve, you—I mean—you've been down. You obviously go down to watch the Mariners, and, and you, you watch you watch all, a lot of different games, yep. and different teams, right? Yep. So, yeah, we did. We uh, spent a couple weeks down there this year, and and saw six games in Peoria where the Mariners play home games, and then another eight games just at random going to different different areas. Um, and then we also like to. I was I was at Arizona Wilderness, I think, four years ago, John. And visited you guys, and uh, this year uh, we were set up. Uh, Kelly set us up with uh, Santan, and mm-hmm. uh, were able to uh, spend a day with Gabe, just kind of going through their brewery. I guess they'd be just what a little bit south of you guys there. Yeah, they're probably a good, like four or five miles south. They're not too far away from yeah. us at all. Yeah, yeah, they're they're down in Chandler. And then uh, as we headed uh, back to the. Uh, the house that evening, we, we've got a house over uh, in the Buckeye area, Verado. Uh, we swung by a new brewery I had never heard of called Goldwater Brewing up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the south part of uh, of Old Scottsdale. And, yeah, I, uh, I, actually, I, I love Goldwater. Yeah, they're, they're good guys. Yeah. And they good beer. Are they related to the senator? or I gotta believe there's some relationship yeah. there's not that many people in arizona mm-hmm. <laughs> well, arizona's had two of the most rebar- remarkable senators uh in the last 50 75 years barry goldwater and john mccain obviously mm-hmm. and uh yeah a really uh, solid wonderful um supreme court justice sandra day o'connor so yeah. it's the water yeah, I john i think it's the water so. goldwater boulevard <laughs> is where the, the, i think the whole name yeah. behind that yeah, we we had a nice visit with those folks and uh, tried some of their beers and and uh, the crowler machine in there was uh, was going hot and heavy the the two hours <laughs> that I was there. So uh, yeah, they don't do a lot of canning, so it's I mean it's mostly crowler fills for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so John, how would you describe the overall uh, beer industry in particular from from a craft perspective in the state of Arizona? Is uh, still seeing a lot of good growth and uh, excitement by consumers to come in and try your beers? Yeah, I mean it's it's always seems like it's growing. It's 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 not very it's not a quick growth here for sure. I mean, it's been kind of the main four breweries here for a, a while now, but I mean people are popping up all over the place. People are excited. I mean, we're always busy. Most breweries around here are always busy. It's, I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a popular uh, thing around here. And uh, you know, stereotypically, you get a lot of people that are enjoying the sunshine from the northern climates and uh, during the winter periods, and then obviously get a little bit warmer during the summer. And are you? It must be kind of fun to have people coming in and experimenting that are coming from someplace up north, right? Oh yeah, we get we get, we have the snowbirds for sure. Um, it's yeah, I mean, here are the summers are slow season. Um, mostly from every because of everyone out of town um yeah we get people from all over the all over the country and the world or whatnot just coming in here taking in the weather taking in the good beer um yeah it's, it's good i mean we're busy year round though so it's 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 great for us what uh, are, are the do you have any idea or sense of what the uh, the distribution laws are in the state of arizona is it easy as a 
as a as a, a smaller brewery or an independent brewery to be able to get in and compete with uh, some of the larger beers and and their and their infrastructures. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's not too bad. I mean, we have uh, we go through Beer Connect. I don't know if you guys have Beer Connect uh, in Seattle. I'm sure you guys do. Um, they make it really easy to distribute around here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we haven't really we're not really doing too much distribution right now because we actually just opened a a little just a pub down in like downtown Phoenix. So we're mostly just brewing beer between here and there. Um, yeah, I mean, most guys distribute to just local bars and all that stuff around here. It's, mm-hmm. it's not too challenging. Any idea roughly what percentage of your sales are through your taproom brew pubs versus, uh, you know, going out the door in the form of cans or, or kegs? You know, I I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. I don't really look at the numbers. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously that's a big part of the successful models these days. The more you can sell you know, across uh, in the tap rooms, uh, you know, the, the easier it is to try to cover all of your costs and make a little bit of money. So, yeah, I mean, we sell all of our cans essentially out of the tap room. So, yeah, yeah. it's all kind of just blends together. Well, uh, you know, Arizona's uh, kind of in the middle of the pack right now. Overall, I guess with the Dodgers in that division and uh, Padres now with Machado, they're probably projected this year as a middle of the division team. Is that is that right, John? I mean, that's the best I can hope for, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Dodgers are going to take it. I mean, the Padres have a really solid club. Yep. Um, especially with Machado and Hajmir. I mean, they're 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 dangerous. How's the uh, the farm system and the up and comers uh, the the prospects in Arizona in the, in the minor league uh, um, system? I mean, we always have really good prospects here, thanks to like this, the Cactus League and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we always we're always traded for minors. And we're always trying to bring people up. Um, yeah, I mean it's that's one of our one of our strengths for sure has definitely been our actual minor league systems. Um, we just never really get that big player that comes through. So we yeah, we, we are always rotating through minors pretty much uh, for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Well, you always have two thousand one. That was a remarkable <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, so. that's yeah, that's uh, that's the highlight of my life right there. Yeah. Remember, I, that, remember I re- that, that game seven win like it was yesterday? Well, for me, being a Mariner fan, watching Luis Gonzalez get that base Broken hit. Broken hit bad off. Okay, to, yeah. to, to win Broken the game hit. off of Rivera. Yep. That gave me a little bit of satisfaction because <laughs> the Mariners won 116 games that yeah, year and yeah. got knocked out of the playoffs by the stinking Yankees. So yep. it was really nice for me to see. And and Randy Johnson, of course, who started his career, yep. well, I guess he didn't start it with the, the Mariners. But he was Blue Jays, wasn't he? Uh, Expos? Expos, Expos yeah, yeah, Canada, yeah. That's yeah. who we got him yeah. from. And uh, to see him do well. Uh, that uh, did my heart good in 2001. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, John, that, that was a good year for sure. Yep. Well, John, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. We really appreciate it, and uh, really best wishes uh, for you and your team uh, at Arizona Wilderness, and uh, thanks very much for your support of our business as well. Yeah, yeah no, John. I mean, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, sending out great hops. We, well, we wish you nothing but good hops, whether you're making beer or <laughs> watching baseball. So uh, keep up the good work. This beer is outstanding. All right. I'm glad you guys like it. Yep. Thanks, John. All right. Take care, guys. Well, Steve, we've got uh, CBC next week in Denver. That should be pretty interesting, I would imagine. It's uh, springtime, and people are happy to get out, obviously. so We do. And... Uh, 
I feel a little bit bad because you're going to be out traveling. Uh, uh, Off to other, Asia and the Europe, other areas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to do my best to uh, do a podcast from our booth on Wednesday afternoon with our good friends at Odell's Brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent Cordell is going to join us, and, and he's a huge Rockies fan. Yep, and you're going to you're going to get to see a Rockies game, I, right? I've I've decided to do a little bit of research before the <laughs> podcast. So Sunday night when I get in, uh, a couple of us are going to go watch uh, the Dodgers uh, play the uh, Rockies. So looking forward to that uh, next week. We've got at the at the show we've got our Here We Grow event uh, with our growers and with our good friends and partners at Country Malt Group. Um, so they'll be joining us as part of those events and. Be with us in our booths and around, and we've got a lot of good beer on tap. Uh, are you mic'd in, Alex? Uh, you're not mic'd in, so uh, uh, Alex is our communications director and uh, the guy that makes these podcasts responsible. And we're, we're, we're now in our second year of depreciating our $250 podcast equipment, Steve and Alex, yep. so thank you very much. So hopefully it'll last us 20 years and we can get some uh, some residual value out of this stuff but yep. uh should be a good event like next week we've got a lot of great beers on tap i don't remember exactly how many we've got but it's uh it's somewhere between 10 and 20 different beers i think from different people and including odell's and uh, yep. a lot of other things that we've got going so yep looking forward to that the here we grow event that's that's a highlight of our year just yeah. a way for us to celebrate our grower <clears throat> connections uh we'll have uh a handful of growers that'll be there mm-hmm. uh, looking forward to finding out whether they get uh, one of our top cut awards uh, for top quality growers so uh, looking forward to that event and uh, also another big thing that we'll do during that event is to present our annual check to the uh, pink, pink boots Society. Society. it's going to be a big fat check thanks to everybody you know i mean it's the type of event we like as, as part of the community to support. So we have a, uh, a blend called Pink Boots Blend that we try to get out to brewers, not only in the United States, but around the world uh, ahead of uh, International Women's Day and Brew Day. And uh, for every pound we sell, we donate $3 a pound uh, of that, those towards a scholarship fund and Pink Boots uh, Society um, members to be able to decide what they want to do with it. And this year, they, the, the, you know, whoever was on that team of picking those hops to make that blend did a really good job. There were some really good beers. So, but we'll be showcasing some of those beers. We'll have that uh, that just um, that uh, check uh, out on uh, Here We Grow Night, which is on on April 9th from seven to ten p.m. So, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, all five of you, you're yep. welcome and invited to come in to that event. But uh, we'll have room for you. We'll have room, and we'll have some beer for you. Yep. And uh, it should be a, a great week. So. Uh, We'll see everybody next week. I won't be there, unfortunately, but uh, we'll get back at it in a couple of weeks when I'm back from uh, Asian Europe and trying to get a sense of where some of those bigger customers are with their coverage and requirements for hops, and we can talk a little bit more about that at that time. Yep. Be sure and listen in next week. They're always fun when the boss is away. We can get a little wild and crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. 